0: Hey, welcome to the Pharmacy Residency Podcast, a member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. If you want help with your letter of intent, now is the season. So go to residency.teachable.com and sign up for the LOI course. What I wanna do now is kind of get you into a situation where you understand where you stand. The match rate is a little bit misleading. The interview rate, to some extent uh, is pretty good at letting you know that you'll get an interview, but it doesn't really tell you what your chances are of getting a residency. I think the persistence rate, which is a bit of a combination of the interview rate and match rate, that is the best way to know where you stand in terms of your college or pharmacy and your chance to get a residency. So I've, this is my 10th article in LinkedIn and just go to the Pharmacy Residency Podcast newsletter linkedin throw that into google and you'll find an article there Uh, i've send them out and then it sends it right to your email lets you know uh, that a new article is available so what i went through was the top 30 schools for pharmacy residency and i apologize to west virginia university which is like number 31 (laughs) uh, because there's always like one that's like right there so close but i want to explain what persistence rate is and i think that this is the best measure of knowing how you stand when we're coming into pharmacy residency. So again, i'm going to just go through the the newsletter article that i went through and kind of give you an audio article of it, okay? So, i believe the persistence rate, a term i've coined to describe what's happening, is a much better indicator of how well a school ensures its students earn residencies. It's also Great way to estimate your chances as a future resident to earn a residency. If you look at the best residencies in the country, I'm willing to bet since mid-year is in Vegas that many of those residents come from these schools. So what is the persistence rate? It is the number of matched applicants over those that registered with a match. That is different than the match rate, which is the number of matched applicants over those that are active with list. So let's just take a quick look again at what we normally see. So the first school is always going to be Auburn. Alabama just happens to be alphabetical. And at one point, 71 students registered. 62 of those returned rankings. Now what happened to the other nine? That's the big question. We could say that all nine didn't get an interview or all nine had an interview maybe it wasn't successful or you know maybe they got an offer they couldn't refuse with another company or maybe even got into a hospital without having to get a residency many things could have happened to those nine students in general however it's that they didn't get a re- they didn't get an interview or maybe you know they just felt like okay I've got an interview to this one place but that was really kind of my safety and I'm not really confident with things so 62 students are gonna put rankings up and of those 62 all except eight students matched okay so eight were unmatched now when you take the number of matched over active would list 54 over 62 that is Auburn's match rate it's very high however it doesn't really take into account those nine people that originally wanted to get a residency and so if you take 54 over that initial 71 that is what i call the persistence rate that is people persist through the interview they persist to the interview and that i feel is a much better indication of what happens because there is a school that had a 100 percent match rate but eight had registered. So four out of four matched that were active with list. But do we say that that school or that satellite campus is the very best in the country? You know, the data show, yes, it is. But if you look at the persistence rate, the persistence rate is only 50%. That is four out of the eight that first registered were actually matched. Okay, So I think persistence rate is a much better indication than the match rate. The other thing is, is that when you look at US News and World Report and you look at those top 30 schools, only Southern Cal is really the only private college of pharmacy in the country. Is it fair to say that there are no other private colleges in the phar- in the country that deserve to be in the top 30 for residency matching? Now, the U.S. News and World Report algorithm does not favor small schools that have small endowments. So how much you spend on each student, how much you have available for each student, that's a big part of the algorithm. So let's go take a look at the schools and see just how diverse this list is. Okay. So number one, okay, University of Finlay, 92%. So when we look down, and I'll just show you how this works with the one, and then we'll just kind of go through the list. Okay? And some of these I actually have to kind of look and like I have no idea what state this school is in. And it doesn't really matter as much for pharmacy because um, because with pharmacy, uh, most people only apply to two schools well, some three, but the average is like 2.1. It's like like right around the middle, like 2.4 or something like that. So University of Finlay is in Ohio. Of those that tried to get a residency in the very beginning, 25, only one didn't get an interview. Or maybe they just got the call, hey, you know, we have a hospital position. Do you wanna just get a hospital position instead of going to residency? Sure would, okay. And we don't know what happened to that one person. Okay, But only one person didn't make it from step one to step two. And then from step two, in terms of active with the list, only one person didn't match. This is tragic, of course, uh, that only one didn't match. But to know that, all right, well, out of 25, only one doesn't get an interview and only one doesn't match, that's a pretty good deal. And we're going to see that things are going to get really good uh, as we kind of move on uh, to the class that is P1 year right now. I talked about that a little bit in the last episode. But that's how it works. So what I'm doing is I'm taking this number 23 over the original number 25. In this case, it's pretty easy. Since you have 25, you just multiply this by 4, and then you get 92. Uh, But 92% tops in the nation. But that's a small private, right? Thomas Jefferson University, also a small private college, and I think it's in Philly. Ninety-one point one eight percent. Then we have UNC, you know, Chapel Hill, you know, obviously the, one of the giants, and that is eighty-nine point seven seven. But again, we go to the University of Puerto Rico, University of Rhode Island. Okay, although flagship schools for their area, not huge in terms of population. Another big one, UCSF. Wisconsin, Connecticut, and then Wayne State in Michigan, and then Purdue. Okay, So we're starting to see some of those schools that are in US news uh, that you know, tend to get the higher rankings. Okay, uh, Number 11, University of Mississippi. Number 12, University of Michigan. But here we go. Here's Neomed, okay. kind of creeping in there. Number 13, Pitt, another state school, one of the flagship schools. And then Medical College of Wisconsin that has less than 50 in a class, okay, another private. And this is really unusual. It is very unusual for a three-year school uh, to have a very high match rate. It's just something that uh, because of the speed of the, the school, uh, having all those things, it's just really tough to get the job and all the positions and the organizations and, and all of those things. But we're going to see another college that is very new. Medical College of Wisconsin is pretty new. I want to say about five years old. Uh, And then one that is, well, I'm saying their first graduating class was around five years ago. Uh, But again, very unusual for a three-year school to be in that position. Cedarville University, University of Toledo, University of Montana, UMKC, and then University of Minnesota. Then we get to a real bit of a surprise, which is William Carey, which is really, really recent, uh, and Presbyterian College, Lipscomb, Concordia, and Wilkes. Just a huge number of private colleges with very, very high persistence rates, where those that started finish up and end up with a residency about three out of four times. Uh, University of Iowa, another flagship school, MUSC, Auburn, Kentucky, and Virginia Commonwealth. So if you are in these 30 schools, I think you are in very good shape. Uh, Your chances from beginning to end are going to be higher than three out of four uh, that you're going to get a residency. Now I've talked a little bit about what we expect to happen as the, the new year comes, and I'll point to a little bit of the graph where we expect that this blue line that is going up and all my almost all my episodes are video episodes. Uh, this blue line is going to continue to go up. And now this applicants participating in the match because of enrollment will now go down quite a bit. So when you take the number of students that are interested in residency as a percentage, it's usually about half. And when you talk about those that are kind of coming into the, the match, it's going to be about half. So Expect that number to go down by 250 just because of enrollment, and expect this number to go up by 100 to 300 the positions that are going to be offered. Uh, so, again, I mentioned that in four years or when the P1 class graduates, I expect that this red line and blue line will actually cross each other. Okay, all right, so. Again, kind of coming back to what do we do now? This is lesson three. So the first step is to take a look at your college. How is your college regarded? And you say, well, you know, what if I'm the best person in my college? That's fine. But what I'm just saying is that when the powerhouses kind of come in and you're, let's say, trying to get a California residency in the Bay Area and a UCSF student is there and The or many UCSF students are there and the pharmacy residency director and and the the crew there are ranking. It's not that you didn't get ranked. It's that you your school couldn't beat somebody from UCSF or your school couldn't beat someone from UNC. So the problem is, is that this is a zero sum game. You either win or you lose. There are only so many positions for each residency. And so that's why you want to get your ranking up. So while you might not beat all of the UCSF applicants, you may beat a couple, and you may get yourself into that position. So last thing I want to talk about is where you'll actually end up. So when we talk about, and I'll expand this quite a bit, okay. We're going to see that almost 60% of students will get their first choice, if they match. And 96% will get one, two, three, or four. On the residency side though, it is the exact opposite. Okay. Well, not for the best residencies, but for some residencies. Okay, if we look at this number, and it's a little bit tough to, to understand this ratio thing, but uh, the way that we figure out how many residents what, what placement a resident has if you look at the ratio. So let's use the average which is around 3.1 and we'll use 3 just because 3 is an easy number to use with math. So the average residency if they have 5 positions the average will go down to their 15th choice. Okay, So that means that even though you got the residency I don't know if you will ever know if you are number one, number two, number three, or number 15. Okay, so even though they could have gotten one, two, three, four, 15, we still say that that is a ratio of 3.0. But I just want to let you know that it really does favor the applicant. It is really unlikely that you're going to end up with a residency that you don't want However, it is very likely that a residency is going to have a number of residents that they are not that excited about. So if you are currently in residency and you're listening to this, you're like, gosh, you know, I just like, ever since I got here, it just feels like I'm the odd duck. Like, what did I do? Well, if you are, especially in a very large residency, let's say that there are eight positions, and let's say that they went all the way down to four, it is possible that you are their 36th choice. That seems unbelievable, I know, but you could be their 36th choice and they could have been your first choice. So imagine going to the prom and imagine your high school and imagine that you get your first choice. However, the person you're taking to the prom, you are their 36th choice. You are the 36th person that they asked to go to prom. 35 people turn them down. Okay. That's not exactly true, but 35 people turn them down and here you are. So you're going to have a great time. You're with your first choice. You're with exactly who you want to be with. But on the other end, they're like number 36. Well, at least I'm going. Yeah. So that's a little bit tough to swallow. So I'm just letting you know that this is actually going to continue to go higher as there are fewer and fewer applicants to residency as there are more and more residency positions. The number that the residencies are gonna to have to go to is going to be lower and lower and lower. So it's really unlikely that a residency is going to get their top choices, unless you know they're probably one of the top residencies, one of those academic medical center with hundreds and hundreds of, of applicants. Uh, but it is very likely that you're going to get your first pick. And you know, think about it this way, it could be the opposite, which would be much worse, right? you're gonna to go to a place that is the 36th place you would wanna work, that, that would be miserable, right? It's instead, it's 96% of the time, it's gonna be one through four. Uh, but just know that, you know, if people are looking at you and, and you're just like, what, what is it? Well, you might be number 36 on the list, but hey, you're still there, that's all that matters. Okay, uh, again, if you need help with uh, your uh, residency, uh, anything that has to do with writing really. Uh, I've changed this to extreme LOI, cover makeover, cover letter makeover, because uh, I keep getting people that are thinking, well, I might do residency, I might not, but I know I'm gonna need to in some way do this. And so they, I've been working with their cover letter on them. And it's a sign of the times that, you know, you can get a hospital job if you have a good relationship with them. Uh, and they just may give it to you now. Because remember, to get board certification, you have to have clinical experience of three years or a residency. So if you, you know talk to an employer and they're like, well, we can get you your three years of clinical, what would that be worth to you? And you're like, well, that would be worth getting a job now. Okay, great, I'll take the, the full salary and I'll take the hospital job and I'll take something that's right near me where I wanna be, uh, I'll take that now. So uh, that's the Extreme LOI Makeover course. And then if you need help with CV, or if you need help with the interview itself, uh, any of those things, I'm happy to help you with. So Pharmacist at gmail.com or my website, residency.teachable.com. If you wanna sign up for our email list, make sure that you get uh, all the um, the episodes. Uh, Just go to pharmacyresidencypodcast.com, and then you can go down here, join the email list.